What's up? Thanks for tuning into this week's mini episode. Okay, I want to give this episode a preface because normally we keep it super light. We keep it super fun for the mini episode. But this week, I just felt like I wanted to go in a little bit of a different direction. One of the things I really have enjoyed doing during this podcast recording and just the entire process of making it in general has been getting to learn from people who have different dating experiences, different relationship experiences that I can't relate to, that I can't speak to. We've had an episode about polyamory. We've had an episode about divorce. We had an episode about a failed engagement, like all, all of the stuff we've covered so far. And so this episode was about something that I could actually speak to, which was dating in the Christian community. And I thought I have so many friends, so many connections within like the social media world who would like love to give some context to people who are just like kind of curious. Like if you're not a Christian, like what is it like today? And then have somebody propose to you like next month. I'm, I'm just kidding. Has that ever happened to me? No. Have I seen it happen? Absolutely. So before we get into the episode, wanted to let you know that we are preparing for season two. We're going to be closing out the first season towards the end of April. If you want a couple to come on the podcast, if you're curious why that random couple from your Instagram broke up, feel free to shoot me a DM or check the submission form in the episode description. Or if you want to come on the podcast and tell your own story, submit it. Any and all breakup stories are welcome. We're getting to the episode for context. I think we were talking about <laughs> our shoe preferences for the guys that we're dating. Okay, here we go. I, anyway, I was going back to the sandal comment. I want to be like, since I am on the record here, I do prefer them not to wear sandals ever. I'm with you. When I say I want a guy like Jesus, I don't want him to have sandals like Jesus. I'm more of a cowboy boots, but like classy cowboy boots gal mm. myself. I, like with jeans? Before I moved out here, I told my mom and like all my friends, I was like, I want a country club cowboy. Is that so hard to ask? <laughs> he wears nice boots and he's got, you know, the great like hat. He's also can pull off like Ralph Lauren, like this is what I want. <laughs> okay. On a side note, it's like Dallas, point. that's perfect. It's. I feel like that's what I think of when I think yeah. of Dallas. I Good full Dallas. disclosure, Abby knows because I was chatting with her yesterday, actually on the podcast, and the episode that Abby interviewed me on came out yesterday and was all in the field. Full disclosure, I also am very jittery right now. One because it's like my third cup of coffee. Two because I have my first first date in like four years tonight. Who is he? What's the story? Um, okay. So I'm not a dating app person. I usually feel like they look like criminal lineups. They terrify me. I'm like, this is disgusting. I hate it. But I tried Hinge. I'd never tried it before. I was like, you know, let's give it a shot. And it was like, I spent like a couple minutes on the app and like only matched with like one or two guys. And the other one, I was like, okay, this is not going to work here. No. And then the other guy that I matched with is the guy I'm going out with tonight. He's from Dallas. I'm five foot 11. So not that my dating pool is small, you know, just sometimes it's hard. It's hard. So I'm joined by my internet friend, Michaela. We have gotten really close ever since we recorded her episode for the podcast. I guess just sharing random breakup stories on the internet with strangers can just really bring two people together. And I also have my friend Melissa on here as well, who runs a Christian dating mixer company business. How would we want to call this? Yeah. Uh, business. Yeah. Runs, um, runs this really cool group where you set up Christian mixers and you help people find the loves of their life. Yeah. Well, we can't guarantee you're going to find the love of your life. We have to put that disclosure in there. However, we do guarantee (laughs) that you will walk away with some great connections. Very nice. Very nice. I have a couple of questions I figured could spur some discussion about what it's like to date in the Christian culture. So for anybody that's not a part of the Christian community, and maybe they popped into this conversation, like what's something you think that they should know about like dating in the Christian culture? Because I think for me, 
I think something that's really interesting about we're a group of people that are so marriage minded, but I feel like our culture almost doesn't set it up for us to be able to like have those opportunities, which is why I think Melissa, it's so great that you've created. If you know, you know, it's like, we're so marriage focused, but I feel like sometimes like we we're the people that get it wrong the most time. I have comments. Okay, I have Michaela, things to pop say. In, pop in. Um, there's always two sides of every coin, especially when it comes to dating in the Christian faith and in the church, the good side of the coin, where it's people who are Jesus loving, amazing, godly people who are just striving to live their life for the Lord. And they're just looking for someone who is at that same level with them to be equally yoked with them. And they just want, you know, a partner in life and in marriage to live out their lives and serve the Lord with. And that's like the pretty beautiful side of the coin. Then there's the other side of the coin, which has been not always the greatest, where it's the using very Christianese terms of, oh, I want to guard your heart and protect your purity and all these kind of very Christianese type sayings to kind of force their way or manipulate their way to like control a situation. And that can just be such a dangerous place where, and hopefully that's not everyone's experience. Thus far in Christian dating, that's been my experience, unfortunately, but you know, the Lord provides. <laughs> no one is perfect and everyone is has their downfalls. We live in a broken world. I think that's something that Christian people tend to like miss the mark on. Well, there's a lot of great advice that I think comes out of the church that I almost wish it, it's like not even biblical. It's just really great dating advice that I think a lot of great leaders have given out. But there's also an interesting slew of like bad advice that I feel like you really have to work through. What do you think is the best piece of advice that the church gets right about dating? And what do you think is something that maybe we need to work through? Along those same lines, I, at church last week, I go to a church in Dallas called Social Dallas. The title of the sermon was Body Count. Take that as you will. <laughs> Something that he said was that for the longest time, like the church has gotten preaching on sex and marriage absolutely wrong. The answer has been sex is gross. Don't have sex until you're married. And then all of a sudden people are at their wedding night and they're like, oh my gosh, we're supposed to just not be grossed out by this by now and just have sex all the time now that we're married. There's absolutely no way that a human is physically capable of turning the switch that quickly. I don't know anyone capable of doing that. And so when you have such a black and white description of like, it's bad when you're not married, it's good when you are married. Like, no, it's never bad. Like it was created by God. Therefore it is good. God creates all things that are good because it is from him. And so no, sex isn't ever bad. It's not a set of rules to follow. It's a set of guidelines to help protect your heart and to devote yourself to Christ first instead of to others first or your flesh first or whatever it is. I'm honoring God and serving God in the way that I know protects me and honors him all at the same time. Of course, being a Christian seems boring if you think that God is just like a fun sucker. Oh no, you just, you can't have any fun. No, no, that's not it. It's like, he's protecting you because he loves you. I also just find it, I don't know if any of you guys watched The Bachelor, but like last night's episode, I always love when like culture really challenges like the, the values that it pushes. Like, so for example, last night on The Bachelor, The Bachelor slept with two women. And then on the third night, the girl that he was talking to, he said, I love you. And she goes, okay, will you love me? What does that mean? She was like, have you slept with anybody else? And he's like, yeah, like two nights before I was just sleeping with XYZ girl and XYZ girl. And it was so cool to hop on Twitter and see people, even if you're, if you're not a believer, the kind of seeing the wheels turning of like, yeah, like, like if you say you love somebody culture would say like, it's his prerogative, but like, it was, it was just a really interesting thing to see that happen. Like in real time on a mainstream platform. I think it's where the church gets 
something out of context. And that's the idea of guard your heart. Mm -hmm. What does guard your heart really mean? I was talking to somebody else about this and he was saying that it's, um, and I would agree that more than anything, we're meant to like guard our minds and to guard like our affection because that's going to affect everything. So a lot of even these dating rules in general, I guess not even just guard your heart. What does it look like to have boundaries because of my unique trauma, my unique past moving forward? What does it look like to have a, for me, healthy relationship with a man? What are my boundaries? So if we're not hearing that from the Holy Spirit and we're just hearing that from the church, we're literally, it's just as bad as getting any advice from man versus from God, even if it's in the context of this Christianese good, it doesn't matter. It can be a good thing, but it's not necessarily a God thing. That was cheesy, but (laughs) I said it. So anyway, back to guarding your heart. I think that the narrative that we put that the church pushes a lot is to guard your heart, aka avoid pain. Mm -hmm. Now there's nowhere in the Bible that says to avoid pain. You know, there's wisdom, you know, Jesus says in John 10, 10, like I have come to give abundant life and nowhere does he say that's not going to include any pain. And so I think if we start looking at things from the God, like what God says is guard your heart, guard your affections, but also don't, don't be afraid of pain because pain's part of life. Jesus is like in this world, you will, you know, you will face troubles, but I've overcome the world. Yeah. As you get a little bit older, you know, you, you experience a few heartbreaks and it's easy to get jaded and it's almost easier to hide behind guard your heart mm-hmm. than to really put yourself out there. No, I think that's such a good point. And as somebody who grew up in the church, and I spent so many years in youth group where they kind of do have like that fear-based approach mm-hmm. instead of just like leading from a place of like, well, what, what is scripture say? And what does God say about like what it should look like? Because it's not going to look the same for everybody. Like not everybody's going to meet their soulmate at 16 and, you know, have get married at 18 and, you know, have go to Liberty university, all that. Like, it's going to look so different <laughs> for everybody. And you have to have love like, those people though. If you have that, uh, yes. great. I love that oh, that's my, your story. Yes. Love that. Love all those. I mentioned this I'm to Michaela. Really. I made a joke about how like all the cute Christian couples have like photos and cornfields and it's like at golden hour. Love yep, that that's yep. your story. It's not everybody's story. And so I think I, I'm like totally guilty of that, of almost like holding myself back from relationships, which I think in the end has genuinely been a good thing. But I will say like, I think there's so much to that you can learn from relationships that just end. And which is sort of the premise of this podcast I have in general is just what you learn from a breakup and like recognizing what toxic relationships look like and just getting those lessons and wisdom from, from a breakup. I want to know what you think in the young adult Christian dating circle, what's one thing you would like to see change? I would like to see Christian dating encouraged more personally at a young age in youth group. I feel like it's not encouraged. It's, you know, don't focus on boys. Don't focus on girls. Okay. Newsflash. They're going to be focused on girls and boys. That's the way we, our minds work when we're 16 years old, we're going to be focusing on boys. And so my theory is why don't you encourage like go on dates, but teach them how to date at a young age and teach them how to communicate while they're still under your roof, while you still have a huge, so much influence over them. And they're asking you like, Pastor Matt or whatever, like, what should I do? Should I text this girl or not? And and say like, you know, to your youth group boys or youth group girls, like, Hey, ask me, like, hopefully they all know how to date, but ask me questions. Like, you know, <laughs> blind leading the blind, but, um, <laughs> you know, get some good dating advice in there. And so 
So the girls are like, oh my gosh, he ghosted me. Like, cause we don't really practice dating and you start getting ghosted when you're 20, whatever. It's like, you don't know how to like handle that because people weren't dating in high school when we actually had like resources and we were like seeking advice in a way that we really typically aren't when we're in our twenties. So I just think it, it could be so much healthier and say dating's not bad. And also say like, Hey, you know what? Dating's not going to rip your soul apart because that's literally kind of like the message that we heard that, you know, like you should really only date when you're ready to get married because otherwise you're just giving pieces of your heart away it's like yeah if you're like having sex with everybody you're you're dating but you know if you're just like in a talking phase like there's just so much it's not the end all be all when you just gone on a few dates and to your point abby like you know you really do you learn so much and that's so biblical about like god even says like he refines you in the fire right that's how we learn no we shouldn't do that on purpose, like go through, you know, I'm getting my heart broken so I can learn a lot. Like, but believe me, girl, it'll probably happen. So you'll be good. Um, Even if you don't get into, get into the relationship, you will still find some way to get your heart broken. Someone will oh, yeah. <laughs> Your heart will still be crushed. Literally. <laughs> Even that, you know, and so I just think that from like a young youth group age, we need to start changing the dialogue. And um, I was boy crazy in high school too. And I, I was like secretly boy crazy. because so I was like, they're wrong. I'm right. I can be wrong. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I knew everyone That's was amazing. wrong. No, I love that you bring it up because so like on Wednesdays, I, um, I'm a leader for high school girls and they're like, I, like I was definitely interested in dating guys in high school, but these girls are like boy crazy to the max. And so from like a mama bear perspective, I'm like, don't date. These boys are going to break your heart. But that's such like a great way of putting it. It's like, what if we encourage like setting like the structure now and, and when you have the resources to be able to ask questions, like why wouldn't we encourage that so that we don't have a bunch of like ignorant 22 year olds trying to figure it out. Yeah. Michaela, do you are dating anyway? I'm yeah, just saying they're, they're li- talking to boys anyway, and that literally. they're just doing it the worldly way because they don't know how to do it the Christian way. Mm-hmm. Everybody's saying just don't do it. So good. So good. Okay, Michaela, anything you want to add? Absolutely. One, I just second everything Melissa said because I also used to be a high school youth group leader. And if if young boys and young girls knew how to date in a godly way, it would be a game changer. And I think that the next generation of Christians in the church will look entirely different. To be the other side, what is it? The the devil's, devil's advocate, advocate on the other side side of the shoulder. I would I wish that the stigma that your damaged goods if you're not married by the time you're 30 would be absolutely eliminated. Like God's plan is not determined by an age. Like if you are not married by the time you're 30, I think we said this on our other podcast recording, like you will be okay. If you are single and 30 and you are living your life for the Lord, you'll be okay. I feel like at least in the circles that I fit in personally, that oh, well, they're, they're 30 something like, and they're still single. Maybe there's something wrong with them. Absolutely not. Like that is not the message that Christ called us to. Like Christ called us to love others, not judge them if they're single when they're 32. Like this is not, this is not the message that we want to spread. And that's something that I wish was just eliminated from Christian dating circles in general, that because I'm only myself 24, but I have multiple friends who are in their mid to late thirties and single, and there's definitely some sort of stigma there. So lessons for the young and just a break for the 30 somethings who are single. Oh, in 10 days. Yeah. Happy early birthday. Yeah. We need to get it's these 16 year olds out in the dating world and 30 year olds in the date market <laughs> or keep dating. Just go to one of those. Uh, if you know, you know, dating mixers. Well, thank you so much ladies um, for coming on and chit chatting all things Christian dating. Um, I hope 
believers and non-believers alike found uh, something that they can take away from this, whether it's just a good laugh or maybe a good life lesson. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey, I know Michaela at the beginning mentioned she was going on a date. And since it's 1130 at night, I thought I would give you an update in case you were curious. Michaela sent me a picture of the guy she went out with and he's such a little cutie. He has a little cowboy hat on and long brown hair. If you know me, you know I love floofy brown hair on a man. She said it went well and she's going on a second date. Go, Michaela. Hey, the trailer for next week's main episode is up right now. You can check it out. It's one of my faves. I got to talk to an author who has a book literally all about her breakup. It's one of the most dramatic we ever had on. It's a really great story. And again, if you have a breakup story you want us to look into or a breakup story you'd like to come on and tell, I've got the submission form in the episode description. Okay, I'll see you on Tuesday.